Welcome everybody to the Week mini bong, and welcome to the Cellcast. Joining me tonight is a man who speaks TV, Jacob. Thank you, and I would like to introduce our co-host and to quote Megatron, Starscream. This is bad comedy. Welcome, Drew. Okay, we're starting this off good. <laughs> uh, how are you doing tonight, Jacob? I am doing swell. I'm doing awesome. Yeah. I know a lot of people don't use that word. You know, swell or awesome? Swell. Oh, swell. Okay. Swell. Um, Oh, that's swell. Yeah, that was swell. As anybody who watches movies, I've been a fan of movies for years. Where I got the problem was Superman the movie. Well, that's a very swell movie. (laughs) Yes, it was. It's going to be a running gag. You realize this. Yes, this will be. (laughs) Uh, At least for tonight. Yeah, things are going great. Things are going great. They're swell. Uh, working my two, working two jobs and a third job, which is not as tedious and tasking as you some might think, but mm-hmm. it works. The, the The jobs they don't overlap with each other, and I'm which not is nice. Yes, um, yeah, things are going great. Last Saturday, because I forgot to talk about this last time, that my parents my parents' fiftieth anniversary mm-hmm. was the past week, and we celebrated. I throw them a very large party. Okay. And we had like 35 guests. We had tons of pictures, tons of laughs. And I guarantee there's one or two pictures of me rolling on the ground laughing my head off. <laughs> well, I, that's I, nothing I, new. Yeah, I did that quite a few times with that. But it was it was very it was a very amazing time to go hang out with family and get to see some family. I don't get to see a whole lot, but mm-hmm. all around amazing time. It was tiring, but amazing. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Things were, how, how's your life? Uh, it's been going pretty good. Uh, as those who probably listened to our mini episode or our shorts episode recently knows, I just came back from a wedding. Not mine. Yeah. But a friend of mine's, <laughs> uh, which went out, which went beautifully. So. Yeah. I've, I've had a good week so far. That's good. So, what have you been watching tonight, Drew? Well, I finally got around to watching How to Train Your Dragon 3. Ah. And it was, I enjoyed it. I went up there uh, Sunday because I, I was too tired to do anything else, but went and saw the movie, had a good time. I agree with you that uh, I really hope they don't make a sequel anytime soon, or if they do at any time make a sequel, it's far enough in the future that we're not dealing with Hiccup uh, or any of his crew. I'm kind of good for that being... The end of that story, if we have to come back to that universe, let's start a new one. Yeah. let's. That's kind of how I feel about it. And uh, I've been watching another show. Okay, well then. Because, you know, I'm always watching anime. Yeah. I just started it, actually, today. It is called The Quintessential Quintuplets. Okay. It is technically what we in the anime industry would call, our anime fandom would call a harrowing. Oh. Because there are five girls who are all well, 
you know by the end of it he has to pick one of them. Yeah. Especially since it starts off with the wedding and you... Well, you see her face, but the thing is all five of them have the same face. Oh. <laughs> because they're quintuplets. Oh, fuck. Oh, I've heard about this one. Yes. It is a comedy. It is actually uh, not... I mean, I wouldn't say it's for families, but I mean... Um, late teenager, maybe 17, 18, that might be fine. Yeah. For an age range on it. It has been funny. Well, the idea of the show is, this guy is extremely smart and intelligent, makes hundreds on his, on his tests in high school, but has virtually no money. Mm. He eats the cheapest thing he can find at the cafeteria. He is... He's so his family is so far in debt that uh, there are loan sharks that come to their door. Oh, fun! But because he's intelligent, he does pick up in order to, and in order to help pay off the debt, he picks up these tutoring jobs. Mm-hmm. And someone apparently um, su- uh, suggested him to a father of five gr- of these five girls, and said this would be a good guy to do. Uh, he's a very smart, he's very intelligent. Thing and the reason his five daughters need uh, tutoring is because they're dumb as bricks. How <laughs> about this way? He gives them a test near the beginning. Mm-hmm. If you add all five of their scores together, you technically get a hundred. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, it's been interest. It's been funny so far. I actually suggest it to you because I think you'll enjoy it. Okay, but uh. Yeah, I'm enjoying that one so far. All right. So, what have you been watching, Jacob? Well, I had heard about this uh, this uh, animated short, animated short that was coming out called Hair Love, and it sounds like a weird premise. Hair love, someone's in love with their hair. It's actually a short about an African American man trying to learn how to fix his daughter's very poofy, curly hair, mm-hmm. and apparently, it's very it's. Apparently, it was greenlit. Apparently, it's been approved by Sony Pictures. They picked it up. This short. Mm -hmm. And apparently, it's based after a book. Apparently, there's a book of the same name. And so, it got me curious. So, I started looking on YouTube. See if I can find the short somewhere. Yeah. And so, I stumbled across this 3D animated short I had seen a couple of years ago. And fell in love with it all over again. Mm Mm-hmm. It's called the Wish Grinder, and you can find it on YouTube. Relatively, just look for just look for the Wish Grinder. And basically, it's this. Is this the uh, same one you post in the uh, yes. Facebook group? Okay. Yes. So just go to our, our Facebook group and watch it. It's well worth it. And you probably then just go deep dive into all these amazing shorts that are probably there. But yeah, go watch it. It's amazing how they do it. Barely anything for a budget. How people can put out amazing content. Mm-hmm. Where in Hollywood, they can get millions and millions of dollars and put out absolute garbage. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, kudos to, you know, independent creators who just go out there and put their soul and everything into a little project. Mm-hmm. And they're just absolutely just amazing. And I just want to... Sp- Spending like 30 minutes watching shorts. And I just loved it. Just lapping it up. Awesome. 
had nothing to add. I'm sorry. All right, good deal. All right, no problem. Well, let's head on to the news. Only thing I saw, which I'm happy I just because I know you won't, you probably going to talk about it, is they act. We do actually have a release date for Neon Genesis Evangelion on Netflix. <laughs> Neon Genesis Evangelion, mm-hmm. one of the hallmark animes of the uh, mid. To mid to late nineties, mm-hmm. and the and one of the two animes that got a lot of people of our generation into anime. True, uh, it's get, finally getting re released onto Netflix in June. Okay, so uh, I have not watched it. Ah, if unless you count the uh, rebuild, which I know most people don't. Yeah, but uh, the first one and the second one followed pretty good. Until the very end of two, and you're like, what? <laughs> well, take your word for it. I remember going through and going, what's happening? <laughs> I don't know. I'm confused. <laughs> Why is this girl with red hair here? Why should I care? I don't really <laughs> like her. I thought we had a good thing going on with the blue-haired chick. Right. And anyway. Uh, for me, uh, but I, cut, you know, go ahead. I am actually looking forward to finally going through that series because I do want to go through it with a, especially with if we've got a, a new dub that's made by more professional voice actors than the not so professional at the time <laughs> that it first came out because, you know, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z had the same problem when it was yeah. first released and I, you can kind of tell it here too. So. Well, it, originally it was reduced by Funimation. So. No, it was ADV. Oh, it was? Funimation got picked up the rights to the rebuild. The ADV's the one who re- re- released that originally. Duh. And if you don't believe me, go look at your uh, DVDs over there. Okay, I will. <laughs> but they're will. the ones who originally released it over here. Because ADV actually had a earlier uh, start than Funimation did. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I feel like a dorkfish. I don't feel like <laughs> a dorkfish. But I need a corn dog. <laughs> I was about to say, there's no corn dogs here for you to eat, so you can't Aww. be a dorkfish. <laughs> What's a corn dog doing underneath the ocean? <laughs> Do chicken di- chicken dinners count? Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> you got any news? Uh, not really. Just kind of bouncing off this idea that you know, Evangelion is finally coming to Netflix. Mm-hmm. For me, I love Evangelion, and I know there's a lot of people with detractors who absolutely just hate it. Well, admittedly, from what I have seen, which is not much, admittedly, yeah, yeah. is a touch pretentious. Bit of it. A little bit. <laughs> Shinji, get in the get the robot. But I don't want to. That's that's basically the story, the kind of the story. It's, but yeah, Evangelion was one of, was one of those animes I just kind of just glued into. I saw it on uh, Toonami like everybody else did, and I just fell in love with it. And I want buying the box set. I want buying the uh, the movie, which we will probably do a review of over eventually. And yeah, once that I get is, caught up, huh? Once I get yeah, caught once up, you get caught what up on Earth is well, no, that won't tell me what on Earth is going on from what I understand of that movie. Yes, <laughs> yes, but it'll give some context technically. Yeah, yeah, and just going ahead, you know, going ahead and saying, be like, it is not family friendly at all. No, uh, it's not. <laughs> yeah, half the be like the entire world dies. That's <laughs> a lot of orange juice. That's yeah. all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Oh, I do. I do have one bit in his. I okay. Have one bit in his. 
Uh, apparently, Warner Brothers Home Entertainment uh-huh. is releasing two um, two animated movies right now, uh-huh. and that'll be Justice League versus the Fatal Five, which apparently arcs back the animation style of the old um, Batman the Animated Series, Superman oh. the Animated Series. It's the exact. It's going along those same lines. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is amazing!" And then, of course, you Kevin have Conroy. Maybe I'm not sure. I'm okay. not sure. I would uh, do a little digging, but I'm pretty sure he'd probably be in it because uh, he's in everything. Yeah, he loves. He, he, I think he loves playing Batman. Yeah, who wouldn't? Uh, and apparently, they've just released Batman versus Teenage Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's already released. Yeah, it's already been released. That was fast. Yeah. I don't even remember there being a release date on that trailer we watched. Yeah, apparently either it's coming out in a couple of weeks or it's been released. Yeah, so apparently for uh, us comic nerds or those who just love animation in general, be like, we have two things that arcing back to our childhood back in the 90s that says, oh yes, I want more. Can we have more, please? Got anything else? Oh, I've got one other thing. Go for Admittedly, it. Admittedly, it just, I just remembered it. Okay. But considering you said uh, animation nerds and comic books in the same sentence, mm-hmm. I have to bring up a movie that we both saw last year in theaters, ah. and we both very much loved, that just finally got its Blu-ray release. Admittedly, a little quicker than I expected, but hey, it's here, and I've already bought it my copy. <laughs> Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse has been released. Go yeah. buy it. Go buy it now. <laughs> Quit ter- pause the podcast. Go down to Walmart or wherever you- your favorite videos are sold. Buy it and come back and continue listening to us. Because I guarantee you that who- once we finally get those last two off of it, we're going to have a race to see who can get Spider-Verse onto the <laughs> list first. Oh, yes. That movie, there again, amazing visually, story-wise, you know, like I said before, but I was very hesitant to go watch this film because mm-hmm. I couldn't get past the animation. And I was like, this is so weird. And you yeah. you, you pointed to me like, dude, you got to watch this. And I watched it and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have a seizure, but this is awesome. <laughs> That's the thing. Is you, you go into that because how do you not have a negative reaction the first time you see the art style? Because mm-hmm. it is odd. Yeah, and so you go. I go. I remember going and thinking, "This is gonna be bad, but I'm gonna enjoy it anyway because this is kind of fun." And I get kind of like the thing at the end of Venom where they showed the scene. As, and I remember it starting going, "Okay, this little weird stuff they're doing with the logos, where it's jumping around, is a little annoying." I hope this isn't consistent. <laughs> and it gets into it, it's like, "Okay, I'm liking this, liking this. I don't notice the art anymore. It's that good." <laughs> yeah, and. I, Anyway, we'll get to that when we get to it. Yeah, that's true. I, I would give one warning to anyone watching Spider-Man entering the Spider-Verse. If you do have epilepsy, if you do have the tendency of having epileptic seizures or seizures in general, mm-hmm. fair warning, there's a lot of strobing lights in this movie. A lot of them. Indeed. So, so just a fair warning. All right. Uh, we got anything else before we move into our review? Uh, no. So let's, you know, roll out. Our movie this week is The Transformers The Movie, 
which is the one from the animated one from 1986, not any of the Michael Bay garbage that has come recently. Yeah, that is true. Although, so, admittedly, Bumblebee was not half bad. Yeah, so let's not get any confusion here. Yes. Now, granted, in, in this case, when we say Spike Witwicky, we do not we do not mean the guy who continually goes no 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 we just talk about one of the two guys who cusses in this movie. Yes. We'll get to Which that. Which is very shocking when you first watch it. Yes. Just to hit the big things. Uh, it was directed by uh, Nelson Shin. Yes. Who is the one who directed the TV, the, the cartoon. Okay, yeah. Uh, it came out, it, it's set between seasons two and three yes. of, the, of the original cartoon, but set 20 years after season two. Yes. In the Deep dark future, future of, of two thousand and five. <laughs> so, we, so we haven't had a giant, you know, planet eating robot trying to destroy the planet in the last, you know, couple of years. Well, the last in cinema history, at least, we had was uh, the very horrible gas cloud go- version of Galactus. Oh in gosh, Rise of the Silver Surfer. That was terrible. Hopefully, in the MCU version of Galactus, which let's face it. Whether they've announced it or not, we know it's coming at some point. Yes. Hopefully he is the giant dude with a blunder on his head. <laughs> oh, I can just see that as a just awesome Galactus I mean, gonna make, versus... Don't get me wrong. They're yes. going to make it look cool. Yes. Don't oh, get me wrong. Oh, I, I agree. Say, I, agree. I agree. say the guy with a blunder on his head because that's what the comic version looked like. Yes, in the 60s. he did. He did. He did. But um, I'm sure they'll make it look cool. It won't, uh, but thankfully, it will never. I don't think they'll, they're ever stupid enough to go with the gas cloud version. Yeah, ever that was. Again. Which, admittedly, they did. That is the version from the Ultimate line of Marvel Comics. Okay, didn't know that. So they at least they pulled that part correct. Okay, but this is not a review. <laughs> Of Rise of the Silver Surfer. This is a review of Transformers. The movie. The movie. Uh, So, of course, it starred the uh, original cast from the uh, TV show, including uh, Peter Cullen as both Optimus Prime and Ironhide. Yes. Uh, Megatron, Soundwave, Rumble, Frenzy, Ravage, and two... And, and three new characters for this movie. All right. A wheelie, an auto-combatant, and a junkie on list played by Frank Welker. Yes. And as we all know, Frank Welker is one of the masters of voices. One of the masters of voices. Oh, yes. Like, he's done he's in everything. everything. He's in everything. Mm-hmm. But, like, he, for years, he did Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was Scooby-Doo. He was, uh... Which is... No. No, he wasn't Scooby-Doo. I'm sorry. He was Fred. Yeah, he was Fred. He was Fred. I apologize. He yeah. was Fred. But speaking of Scooby Doo, yeah, Casey Kasem, who played yes. Shaggy in Scooby Doo, played Cliff Jumper. Really? Yeah. Doesn't oh, sound man. a thing like Shaggy Rogers, but no, he doesn't. He 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 sounds like be like just oh those things just be like brings me back to being a little kid. Mm-hmm. So fun and kind of going through. Oh, and one other of the original ones, uh, Scatman Crothers played Jazz. Oh, I love Jazz. I love that character. I love jazz. Now, do you want me to bring it down just a touch? Huh? You want me to bring you down on that just a touch? Okay. Scatman Crothers died almost right after the release of the movie. Oh. And speaking of other people who died, or this was their last production. Yeah. Uh, uh, Orson Welles. Oh, yes. One of the classic actors. Yes. Uh, if you've ever heard the story of the broadcast of War of the Worlds that actually caused the U.S. to go crazy because yes. it actually caused a major change in how radio broadcasts are. Oh, they yes. to say the call letters uh-huh. every so often. 
that it was his radio show yes. that caused that. Yes. And because he had done a production of War of the Worlds that was set up like actual radio broadcast. So it had music that was set in between his broad his mm-hmm. announcements. Yes. So yeah. Yeah, just, but that's who that is. Yeah, Orson Welles apparently during the production of this film was so sick. Mm-hmm. He was sick. He couldn't talk. He barely talk, and so they literally had to alter his voice to make him sound normal. Yeah, and he literally died five days after he recorded his last line for this yes. movie. And the way he de- way he described his role, be like, yeah, I'm not really sure what it is. Be like, I play a planet robot. Basically, he described yeah. what is, but at the same time, he did such a good job with it. Oh yes, absolutely, he did an mm-hmm. amazing job as Unicron. Yeah. Uh, also, we had uh, Eric Idle as Rickgar, which you know he had to have the strangest days in that recording booth. Yeah, when seeing all the lines he had to say. Oh, good night. Yes. If you're not really paying attention, or not watching it with subtitles on. Doesn't, half of what he says does not make any sense. Oh, okay. But yet it does. I got you. And, and honestly, that has to be where they got the idea for in the, in the uh, Michael Bay movies uh, of Bumblebee talking through the radio. That could be. it's true. kind of the same concept. Yeah, that's true. That is true. One I want to bring up that is a little bit obscure. Uh, John Mashita Jr. as played Blur. If you remember Blur, he's the one that talks like this. Yes, yes, yes. He is known amongst our generation by a different name. Okay, what is he by? The Micro Machines guy. The Micro Machines guy. Do you remember those commercials from Micro Machines where the guy talked like this really fast and started... Oh, yeah, that's right. That's that guy. Okay. He also did a FedEx commercial once. That's right. Talking that fast. Yeah, that's where they actually found him for this film. Yeah. Cool. That, that's I think that's why they they employer talks. It's like no, we got you. You're going to talk five miles an hour, <laughs> five hundred miles an hour. Yeah. So go. And then of course we've got uh, Leonard Nimoy yes. as Galvatron. Yes. Unfortunately, Leonard Nimoy has passed. But right. yeah, as an interesting note, uh, today March 26th happens to be Leonard Nimoy's birthday that we were recording this. Yeah. Which is which is kind of weird how that timed out. Yeah, kind of. So, um, so to our audience, be like, Spock. Okay. He's Spock. Okay. Not new Spock. Spock Prime. As both, <laughs> as you, uh, Abrams vs. people like to go by. Robert Stack. Yes. Played Ultra Magnus. I get the feeling you know him from something. Yes. I mean, I know Un- him from stuff too. Unsolved Mysteries. That's one thing he was known from. He also was a, played a character in The Untouchables. The original TV show. The original TV show. Yes. And then there's the movie Airplane. I remember hearing something about... I never watched Airplane, so... You've not watched Airplane. No, I haven't. Okay. At some point, we need, me and you need a movie night. <laughs> okay. To watch the stupid live-action stuff we can't talk about on the podcast. Okay. But uh, I'm sure you've got stuff I've not seen. Probably. Yeah, I was going to get to Judd Nelson as a hot rod slash... Spoiler alert. Rodimus Prime. I don't know what he's from, what else he's done. The Breakfast Club. I've only seen that movie once. I've never seen it. But I know he's from that. Okay. You know you're <laughs> you know more than that. Uh let's see. Of course. Uh Lionel oh. Stander played Cup, who might have been my favorite character. Okay, yeah. I love Cup. Yeah. I love Cup. Um going to our going to the majority of our cast, 
these guys, majority of them, had, were icons. Were icons of mm-hmm. 80s cartoons. Yeah. Obviously, we're not going to name them all, but there's so many incredible yes. voice actors who did so much work in the 80s. 80s and 90s that kids my age, your age, mm-hmm. are going to recognize and going to love yes. once you recognize them. But we can't hit everybody because, for one thing, I don't think everybody's listed. No, it's and not. there's so many of the characters that it's like, well, which group is the main characters? Which ones would be considered extras? Mm-hmm. The, the list I did was like, okay, here are the big ones. So, yeah. Okay. So, admittedly, I left off RC because I didn't see her as a big character. But anyway. Yeah, well, when was the first time you watched Transformers the movie? First time I watched the Transformers the movie was in 2007 or 2008. Okay. The reason being, um, I was a little, well, let's face it, the movie came out in 86, I would have been one. Okay. A little young. A little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. Uh, I actually did not get into Transformers at all until Beast Wars was airing. Oh, okay. Which simultaneously takes place after and before. Yeah. <laughs> because of time travel. Um, and uh, so the only main reason I bought, and I actually bought the 20th anniversary DVD. Yeah. Which, strangely enough, was being sold in toys at that Walmart. Mm-hmm. I've got it there. Um, which I thought was weird, but I went with it. Uh, see, I did not see it until long after... I, mean, I, did, I had no nostalgia for the characters. In fact, I guess technically I saw this after the first uh, Michael Bay movie. Came okay. Out. So, admittedly, I'm not the mega fan that so many people are. Yeah. But I still enjoyed what I saw. I took it for what it was. Didn't try to take it for, you know, pinnacle of animation. Honestly, it's not. Uh, <laughs> I took it for what it was, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. How uh, about you? Uh, for me, uh, being a child from 1980, being born in 19, late 1982, uh, I got to watch Transformers uh, probably around 85, around mm-hmm. 85, 86, 87, uh, in its, you know, prime. You know, pun intended. I'm pun sure. completely intended. Uh, one of those shows that just I love to death. Played, you know, as kids, we played as characters. Mm-hmm. We played with the toys when we had them. Um, and when this movie came out, this movie came out, we rented it on VHS, mm-hmm. having no idea what this film was about. All we knew it was Transformers the movie. Yeah. And like many kids of that era, watching the film for the first time was, oh my gosh, this is Transformers. Mm-hmm. Watching your favorite characters, the G1 characters, get killed off one by one by one by one. And it's shocking. It's both hero and villain. Both hero and villain alike. Just floored me beyond belief. Oh my gosh, they killed off Ironhide. They killed off this character. They killed off Optimus Prime. What the heck? They were at least smart enough with Optimus Prime to give him a good send-off. That is true. They did not do like they did with uh, so many of those other characters where it's like, oh, just... Oh, and you're dead. Yeah, just slag them. Just yeah. right there. Done. I, that's one thing I, we should talk about when it comes to this movie is kind of what they were doing going into it. Yes, I agree. Hasbro, as Hasbro does, yes. it makes perfect sense from their point of view. Yes. 
saw the TV show and the movie as toy commercials that were 30 yes. minutes long. Yes. Or, in the case of the movie, an hour and a half long. Yes. So to them, it made perfect sense. Well, we are finishing up that line. We're starting up the new line of toys. Yeah. We need to get rid of the old line of characters and, and make stories based on the new line of characters so kids will want to play with those toys. Yes. How are we going to do that? Well, let's spend a bunch of extra money on a, te- on a theatrical movie and uh, kill every child's heart while Optimus Prime dies. Yes, and such a terrible... Be like, don't get me wrong, be like, the movie itself, be like, as cheesy and cheap as it is in some places, mm-hmm. is just... I mean, they are pulling your heartstrings. Oh, yeah. Doing their left, level and left, and left and right. During, that fu- during his uh, death scene. Oh, yeah. It's like, despite the fact he's being uh, worked on by a uh, microscope. But, yeah. <laughs> still, I, mean, I thought they did a very good job with the movie, personally. Yeah, I did, too. For what it is. Yeah. I mean, there are parts where uh, the animation does kind of stall a little yeah. bit. It's not perfect. There's parts you're watching and going, holy crap. Yes. You could not do that on television just simply because of the budget. Yes. And uh, like I said earlier, there is actually two instances of curse words. Yes. That were added to the script, ironically, when not when anyone's talking, so it was added after the fact. Yes. Where they it's, included uh, two curse words. One is where Spike Witwicky said, Spike drops the S-bomb. <laughs> <laughs> and then later on, Ultra Magnus drops the D-bomb. Um, yeah. Both, and it's solely added there because they wanted the movie to be rated PG- so older kids would go watch it. Yes. And oddly enough, for how much violence was in this film, if you were to make the same film in 2019, it would probably get a hard PG-13. Oh, yeah. A very hard PG-13, because how much violence is in this film? Well, I don't know about that too much. I mean, if you look at the closest show I can think of that has that much robot carnage, it'd be the original couple seasons of Samurai Jack. Oh, okay, yeah. That was allowed to be shown on kids' television. That's true. When uh, Without too much worry of the violence, because... Nobody was the only human on the screen was Jack, and he wasn't getting bloody and injured. Yeah, that's true. Now, admittedly, the Adult Swim uh, last season of Samurai Jack, he's actually fighting other people. That's different. Yeah, but rest of the time he's fighting robots the whole time. They're the only ones that get destroyed. You can't get in trouble for destroying robots. Yeah, true. But at the same time, there's no blood and gore. Yeah, there's no blood and gore. But at the same time, if we go back to the original audience, these are characters these kids love to oh, death. Yeah. And the the one scene that kind of just hit me the hardest, you know, looking back on it was uh, when uh, Hawk, when uh, Ironhide died. Be like, he's literally just trying to hold on to Megatron. And be like, ever yeah. be like such heroic nonsense. Bam! Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh my god! And then he's just kicked to the side while they go to Earth. Yeah, and Dare starts playing. Oh yes, Sandbus, <laughs> Yes, this movie is actually very important to us. As- as a podcaster, yes. because we had talked about doing this epi- this, this uh, podcast before this point. Yeah. But when uh, Transformers got its uh, short run in theaters back in October of last year, and we went to go see it. Yes. that pr- And our conversation in my truck on the way back <laughs> cemented that we were doing the show yes, at we some were. point. So, uh, 
What do you remember from that particular show? Oh, just the nostalgic feels of just watching a movie that you've only seen probably on a 12-inch screen, Mm -hmm. then a 35-inch screen, and then enormous... With about 50 other nerds. 50 other nerds who are just geeking out about this film, and just like singing along to every song, Mm -hmm. and gasping at every death of a character. And uh, just like amazing, mind-blowing. It's like, Wow, just incredible! I, mm-hmm. I was blown away, and plus, you got a free poster. Yeah, I still have that poster. Me too. I don't have it hanging on the wall like I should, but yeah, I do have it somewhere. Yeah, I've got it somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, what are your what were your initial thoughts? Were your thoughts watching in theater? Uh, there is something about seeing a movie in the theater. I don't care how many times you've seen it before, or how many times you see it after. Yeah, there's something about seeing it in the theater with about fifty other people that's magical. Yes, I because agree. At some point, you're just sitting there going, okay, yeah, I've seen that scene, okay. But then you're in there with, like, 50 other people, it's like, ha, it's great, it's like, I've seen this thing a thousand times, that's hilarious. Yes. I wouldn't laugh at this at home. <laughs> it's like, oh, look at this goofy thing, oh, great movies, yeah, 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 gotta believe you can survive, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had a fun time, it was oh, a very yeah. fun night, I enjoyed yes. that. Uh, honestly, if you ever, and I mean ever, Get wind of a movie you want to see that you've seen a hundred times. Yeah, and it's going to be playing in a theater. I don't care if how much it costs you. Go see it. Yeah, because you're not going to get that. Ex- that's an experience you don't get that often. No. So yeah. yeah. So the the one again, kind of going back to where I was with this movie was when you know after we get introduced to uh, Unicron. Yeah. So. When we've finally been introduced to Unicron, he's destroyed this planet, mm-hmm. we kick into Lion's Transformers, yes. the movie, and just glorious, like, all 50, 60 of us are all belting this tune out. Because we all know it by heart. Yes, by we all fact, know it by heart. We don't actually know the words. Yeah. Just for fun. Yeah. I want to go over the lyrics of the main theme song. Oh, gosh. Okay. this is the theme song specifically for the movie, the uh, TV show's theme well, ironically, it's fully in this thing. Yes, it is. Because it's that short. But uh, let me go over that real quick. Something evil's watching over you, coming from the sky above, and there's nothing you can do. Prepare to strike. There'll be no place to run when you're caught within the grip of the evil Unicron. Strong enough to break the bravest heart. So we have to pull together. No, we can't stay worlds apart. To stand <laughs> divided, we will surely fall until our darkest hour. When the light will save us all. Uh, and I'm skipping the chorus as I'm going to come back to it. Uh, it's Judgment Day and now we've made our stand. And for now the powers of darkness have been driven from the land. The battle's over but the war has just begun. And this way it will remain till the day when all are one. You cannot tell me that's not <laughs> epic. Yes. It's something that's like... And here's the thing. The, tra- the main formers movies. Yeah. Every movie I thought, are they going to do it next time? Are you going to play the theme song this time? Those movies would have been saved at least once by playing the stinking theme song in the movie. Somewhere. Somewhere. Not just making hits. They're more than meets the eye. It's like a, don't say that, Peter Cullen. Don't you dare say that one more time. Yeah, the part of it I skipped. Um, Yes. Transformers, more than meets the eye. Transformers, robots in disguise. Transformers. Autobots wage their battle to destroy the evil forces of the Decepticons. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, of course, this is being played... It's full heavy metal. It's like... 
You know, picture in your mind, be like, this is a song that was written in the 80s, so it's, you know, it's hip, hip be it's like, headbanging it's, heavy metal. Yeah, it's, it's hair bands. Yes. <laughs> it's a hair band. So, it is epic. It is an epic. If you have a chance, you know, go find the album. You can find it anywhere, oh, downloadable, anywhere. Oh yeah, pretty much. And just listen to the soundtrack. It is well, cheesy 80s galore beyond belief, but it's great. Here's the thing I have. Two songs that I specifically have from this soundtrack. Really? Which ones? This song, and of course, you got the touch. <laughs> you got the power. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the touch by Stan Bush, who also did uh, the other great song that I confused with that one because, and let's face it, the only two times I've heard either one of these songs, yes, back to back. Is in this movie, so in yes. my mind they're the same song. Just he, they restart it halfway through. Or yes, but uh, dare. Oh yeah, dare to be- yeah, dare, dare to believe you can survive. survive. I don't remember the rest of it, <laughs> but yeah, it's just those songs are so epic throughout this entire movie. Then what about Dare to Be Stupid? I'm getting to Dare to Be Stupid <laughs> because I'm a Weird Al fan. Yeah, Weird. Admittedly, I think the only reason Dare to Be Stupid, I, I think, what I read is. They needed a song. Yeah. For the scene with the Junkions. Yes. They needed someone who was popular, but they couldn't find anything that fit except, well, Weird Al's popular. Let's just pick one of his songs. Oh, he's got one called Dare to Be Stupid. That fits this group to a T. <laughs> and of course, it has nothing. This, 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 his song is, of course, parody. It's a comedy. Yeah. He's talking about, uh, you better squeeze all the charmin you can when Mr. Whipple's not around. <laughs> it kind of fits considering. Eric Idle talking in television. Yeah. But it really doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't fit, but it's still just great and, on this album. And I'll admit, I technically have this song too, but it's because I have the Dare to be Stupid Weird Al album. Oh, uh, okay. But, yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd be like, kind of going back to our uh, going watching this in theaters. Be like, after watching this film in theaters, I downloaded the entire album. Of course. And it's a like from... The, the key songs we all know to mm-hmm. the songs that are kind of playing in the background. Yeah. It is very much synthesizers and just, you know, 80s cheese beyond belief, but yes. it's still fun. That's the thing. If you, this soundtrack would not work in a modern cartoon. No, it wouldn't. I'll tell you that right now. But as two guys who have, well, I'll take it back. It might work in a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Yeah, oh, I agree. I agree. That's the closest thing I can actually think of it working. But uh, it's always, honestly, I'm kind of surprised we haven't gotten at least you got the touch. <laughs> it's something Guardians. The touch was actually used in another film. Yeah, it's, it, the touch has actually been used in a lot of other films, just this is the one people know it from. Yeah. The touch is a little iconic. Yeah, just more just, iconic than the rest of it. I don't yeah, know. I, I think most people will remember the touch over the movie itself. Yes. It's kind of like... Uh, that one, I think, actually was on Billboard charts for a while. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, uh, Wild Wild West by Will Smith. Wild Wild West. Over the film. Yeah. Speaking of Wild Wild West. Okay. This is a quick little aside. Watching that movie brought to me a uh, strangeness in some movies you see that I call The Woman in the Barrel. Okay. And that is a character who's introduced seemingly important is left to the side and you never see her again. See them again. Oh, okay. Like yeah. the woman in the barrel at the beginning of Wild Wild West. Yeah. 
in where they're doing their thing in the giant, I say barrel, but it's the water tower. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It happens in a lot of movies and you don't realize it until it's like, oh, yeah. it's a chicken in a bucket. Uh, sorry, chicken in a bucket. Not woman in a barrel. Chicken in a bucket. Chicken in a bucket. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, oh, look, there's a chicken in a bucket. <laughs> okay. So if I ever say chicken in a bucket, that's what that's referring to. Okay. That makes sense. If I though. say red shirt, that's a guy who gets, it's a, that's a glorified extra who gets killed to show how important the action is without hurting any of your main cast. True. Star Trek. There's a lot of uh, red shirts in this movie. There are. But they were all important characters before this movie. Yes. Kind of going on that same note. That same note when this movie came out and you had some of these characters die. When Optimus Prime died, apparently there was a news report where a young boy locked himself in his bedroom for three weeks and refused to come out because Optimus Prime died. He was traumatized mm-hmm. by that. Mm-hmm. And so that's why when Hasbro released uh, mm-hmm. G.I. Joe the movie, because originally they were going to kill off all those characters, too. No, they... they <laughs> or the main character. Yeah, they were going to kill off the main character. They were going to kill uh, Duke. They were going to kill Duke off. Mm-hmm. And on screen, the character dies. Yeah, because the animation had been done by that point. Yeah, the animation had been done by that. But they do a dub over... And say, be like, oh, he's just asleep. He's in a coma. But I thought it was like, oh, and Doma's feeling as a do- uh, Doma. <laughs> Duke's feeling better. He's not dead. They're all cheering, yay, yay, because it comes up like during the victor- their thing at the end when they won. Yeah, <laughs> but at the same time, you like have Duke's brother, who is another character that was supposed to replace him. Like he's standing there with tears in his eyes, and be like, it's like you did a really. Why didn't you go back and reanimate something? Well, <laughs> in their defense, it was that going to be after the point where you could easily do that with this type of animation? That's true. Because this is cell animation. It's uh, was uh, the animation itself was actually handled by uh, Toei Animation in yes. Japan, mm-hmm. much like the show was. But it was produced by here's two companies you won't hear about anymore: Sunbow Productions mm-hmm. and Marvel Animation. Yes. Marvel Animation no longer exists, <laughs> but it was owned by Disney for a long time for a, for a couple of years after they after Disney bought Marvel. Yeah, but it's gone now. So to give a uh, kind of a basis of where this movie starts, it was released August eighth of nineteen eighty six. Mm-hmm. It had a budget somewhere between six million and five million. Mm-hmm. It didn't do very well box office wise, apparently. Well, with a budget. Kids movie, if you can't see the air quotes. Yeah. It made somewhere between 2.6 million or 5.8 million. So either it made its budget back or it did tremendously bad. Well, and you have to remember at this time, while the thing, while the, the uh, movie obviously was going to be playing in the evening, animated movies, because they were kids' movies, played better during matinee than they would have during full price. So that's probably why it did not make quite as much money as it could have. True. But still, five to six million in that day and age, that's yeah. like, what, a hundred billion by now? Something like Expensive that. Expensive. Yeah. For what this is. And you can see a lot of the things where, you know, you can tell where the money went, but there's a lot, some of these things you look at and go, that could have been done better. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of like another, uh, movie that was put in theaters that is based after a toy line TV show. 
He-Man, She-Ra, The Secret of the Sword, which eventually we will eventually get around to watching that. Apparently at a budget of $2 million, meet $6 million. It actually made a profit. Yeah, but I mean, He-Man was a force to be reckoned with. So was Transformers. <laughs> yeah, but... I- it was one of the top four selling toy lines of the 1980s. Yeah, I guess, but it's, it's in my mind, He-Man had the bigger impact because, I don't know, it just seemed like it did. Yeah, yeah, let's not get into, you know... I mean... Go ahead. I mean, admittedly, He-Man did get a live-action movie a lot quicker than Transformers uh. did. Although all those movies were horrible. <laughs> yes, that was not a very good movie. So let's talk about Unicron himself. Oh, yeah. He's the, the first character we actually see in this thing. True. Uh, he's a giant planet monster. Yes. Skeleton. Skeletor. Galactus-type <laughs> character. Voiced by Orson Welles. Yes. And apparently he's very hungry and very scared of the little bitty light ball that's in Optimus Prime's chest. Yeah. I, I never quite understood that. Be like, yeah, it will light our darkest hour. What did it do? Yeah. Did it explode? No. We just see, we always see at the end of the movie is Rodimus Prime open the thing, the light glow, and then a couple of scenes later, we see Rodimus Prime running and saying, get out of here! Get out of here! <laughs> Jump through the unbroken eye! Because <laughs> why would we go through the other eye that's already been broken? <laughs> True, true. So I don't know what the Matrix of Leadership actually did, or if they still have it, because I have not seen the show uh, after that point. Yeah, season three is kind of a blur to me. Mm-hmm. You know, not not no point, in, no pun intended. Because uh, I remember season one, season two, the movie, and I really don't remember season three, because I really don't remember seeing Rodimus Prime or the return of Optimus Prime. They bring him yeah. back in third, season three. Supposedly the uh, the judge from the Shark to Con planet comes Oh, back. yeah. Did he ever actually say someone's guilty and then they walk away free? No, I don't think so. He didn't in this movie. No. The line that kind of pops in my head whenever you think of Unicron is where... Galvatron now has the Matrix of Leadership, mm-hmm. and he's threatening Unicron, be like, now I'm the master now. And Unicron, basically like, oh, okay, so now you think you're tough. Mm-hmm. Now you think you're big and bad. Because I know you can't open it. Yeah. So Unicron says, be like, what was it? Galvatron says, be like, you'll do, you'll do my bidding or taste my wrath. And Unicron literally laughs at him. It's like, you misunderestimated me. And transforms into his robot form. Mm -hmm. And says the line, For a time, I considered sparing your wretched little planet Cybertron. But now, you will witness its dismemberment. (laughs) I love that Mm -hmm. line. Because Galvatron thinks he's all big and bad. Yes. But he realizes he's dealing with something that's much bigger than he is. And he can't open that thing mm-hmm. because he's a Decepticon. I think one of my fun, one of my favorite lines is when he's bargaining. Is when uh, he's talking to Megatron. The oh first yeah, time. and Megatron's going, well, "I don't mind killing Prime, but what's in it for me?" He says, "Your bargaining posture is highly dubious, but very well. I'll provide you with a new body and new troops to command." It's like, yeah. Megatron, you're stupid, but yet you do know how to get stuff out of big, giant planet guys. Yeah. 
Also, here's the new line of villain toys for the next holiday season. <laughs> in which, oddly enough, they didn't make it until 2006. <laughs> it's it, hilarious. It never came out as a toy in 1986. Which, which, and apparently, no, Chris, I'm sorry. 19, uh, 1986, when it came, when the movie came out, mm-hmm. and the following series, they never did. But it was released in 2006 as a toy. Which uh, is hilarious, considering it's very obvious it was based on toy designs. Yeah. Because who on... And also, it was actually... Galvatron, at least to me, makes much more sense as a toy than Megatron does. Think about it. Yeah. Every time Megatron has to, what Megatron transforms into is a gun. Yeah. Which, as a kid, it's like, oh, that makes sense. You transform it, and you can shoot Megatron at people. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. This isn't going to get us in trouble with with the parent teacher association. No, of course not. But then think about it in terms of the cartoon. He's going to transform into a gun. Who fires him? Star the person he hates more than anybody else. Star Scream. <laughs> like, okay, why doesn't Star Scream just? Since he's in, Megatron's in his hand. Wrist. Snap him in half. Bend that barrel so he can't transform back. Yeah. Who knows? So, speaking of, why don't we talk about... Let's talk about the short reign of Emperor Starscream. Yes! <laughs> oh, that is a, such a fun scene. It's a fun character. Yes. Let's say that. He's always been a fun character. Nobody likes Starscream. Nobody. Nobody does. But yet, we always love it when he's on screen. It's like, oh, we're going to have some fun with banter between him and Megatron. Oh, yeah. You're an idiot, Starscream. <laughs> well, Megatron, this was this was hard enough, but it won't be as bad as the, when we tackle the actual problem. The Autobots Moonbase! <laughs> You're an idiot, Starscream. <laughs> Astro Train! Get us out of here! There. Wanna bet? Bop! <laughs> Now, Who dares interrupt my coronation? Your coronation, Starscream, that's bad, bad comedy. Megatron? Here's a hint! Boom! He's <laughs> like, oh, Leonard Nimoy had fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. And oddly enough, be like, apparently Starscream was the leader of Decepticons for 25 seconds. Pretty much. Literally. He was not leader of the Decepticons, so they finally put the helmet on his head. Yeah. And then that's when Galvatron finally shows up. <laughs> It's like you needed just you were waiting right off right right out of the atmosphere, keeping us like, is it on his head yet? Is it on his head yet? Oh, it is? Oh look, he destroyed the trumpeters. That's hilarious. Okay, now we can okay, he's got the crown on his head, now we can go kill him. <laughs> and oddly enough, that was not the end of Starscream. Apparently he shows up again in season three, possesses somebody, and then gets thrown into space. Okay. Can I just I'll admit my Transformers lore is a touch sketchy. Yeah. Why are the humans the only carbon-based life form, non-robot life forms in the universe? I don't know. It's just, it's like, I, I, mean, I know to some degree, you can't sell humans as toys in this universe. It doesn't make sense for the toy line. Yeah. But every single alien race are robots. Robots. Huh? <laughs> every single one? How on earth are the humans, when they do finally get out to Earth, going to eat anything? Because all the plant life is robotic, too. <laughs> all the meats, are, all the animals are robotic. It's like, uh... Okay. <laughs> I guess humans are going to have to metamorphose to be able to eat Energon, because that's the only food source in the entire universe. <laughs> uh, yeah, Starscream 
if you follow what his character does later on, and as you and me both know, being fans of Beast Wars Transformers, mm-hmm. he shows up again. Yes. And he, who does he possess? Waspinator. Of course. Who? Why wouldn't he? Waspinator is essentially Starscream to that Megatron's Megatron. Yes. Now. Except he's more of a klutz. <laughs> I want to do, I do want to point something out, even though we've already passed. We haven't got to Optimus Prime yet. Have no, we? we haven't. Okay, we'll come back to that. I'll get to that in a minute. Yes. But yeah, Starscream, yeah. Starscream was one of the favorite bad guys because everybody loves Starscream. Oh, yeah. And he's had so many different um, variations, of the, like uh, his variation in. Uh, yeah, Steve Bloom did the voice for Starscream and Transformers Prime, which mm-hmm. he did an amazing job. Yeah. If you don't know who Steve Bloom is, go look him up. He's incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. On the same thought of get villains, him and Steve Burton mixed up all the time. But, yeah, but anyway, yeah. Speaking of villains, why don't we talk about Megatron, Galvatron? That's eh, kind of the same character, but yeah, a little different. Yeah, a little bit. They're voiced by two different people. Yeah, which well, I like Leonard Nimoy voicing the character. Yes, kind of odd that he changes from Frank Welker to Leonard Nimoy, despite yeah. the fact. I think in season three it goes back to Frank Welker. It does. It does. <laughs> but still, you got. Leonard Nimoy saying, being get, first time playing an evil character as far as I'm I'm aware, saying yeah. all these great lines like, here's a hint. <laughs> I'll destroy you like Megatron destroyed Prime. It's like, you're bringing that up that now? Why? We just got our hearts broken <laughs> by the death of a robot. Anyway. An iconic robot. An iconic robot, yes. Galvatron is an interesting character, but at the same time, it's, he's interesting because he's still Megatron. Yeah, he's just a Megatron with a different name. There's yeah, nothing that makes him really that different other than every once in a while Unicron will drill thoughts into us as like, come here now. Like, I'm coming, Unicron. Get off my butt. <laughs> <laughs> I belong to nobody. Okay, I'll come. It's like, yeah, you belong to nobody, but yet you do. Until <laughs> we blow you up at the end of the movie. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, by the power of the Matrix. <laughs> exactly. I honestly, I think that's all the all I think. No, villain wise. Yeah. So let's hit the heroes right quick. Yeah. Let's talk about Big Bot. Let's talk about Big Boy Optimus Prime, voiced by, by uh, Peter Cullen. Peter Cullen, always voiced by Peter Cullen. Yes. I always. don't think anyone else has voiced Optimus Prime, but Peter Cullen. Yeah. I think it's like one or two other things he wasn't voiced. I think yeah, but it's very. Short, small roles, or not small roles, but it was like, did not, is in that weird spot when Transformer, the, the Optimus Prime character hadn't been on in a long time. Yeah. But before uh, the Michael Bay movie brought Peter Cullen back to the role. Yeah. So those, those one or two little times that character showed up. Yeah. Yeah. Peter almost the rest of the time it's Peter Cullen because he is Prime. He's the only person who really does that role well. Yeah. He's the, he's the, he's the, the, He's the voice of Optimus Prime. Mm-hmm. And oddly enough, when he was, uh, when Peter Cullen was, you know, being auditioned for Optimus Prime, his brother was in the Marines. Mm-hmm. And so when, be like, he apparently, Peter Cullen went to his brother and was like, hey, I'm doing this voice. I'm trying to figure out, be like, well, just think of a hero. Think of a true hero. And what hero did he bring up? John Wayne. I can see that. So that's why Optimus Prime sounds like John Wayne. Freedom is the right of all sentient beings, pilgrim. 
And the the line in which has been copied over and over and over again is that one shall stand, one shall fall, till all are one. Which I never understood that line. I never understood I, it. Yes, I know. Okay. The Autobots and the Decepticons were once one race. Yeah, they were. So that till all are one is when they when the war ends and they come back together as one people. Yeah. Apparently in the comics that happens, because apparently Megatron, for some reason or another, gets transformed back into trans- to his original form at some point. Or they retcon that. Because apparently, um, yeah. But, uh... The comics have been rebooted a couple times. Yeah, a few times. But, anyways, Peter Cullen as Optimus Prime, like, for me as a kid, just hearing that voice. Mm-hmm. Going into the theater when, you know, Michael Bay's Transformers came out. Yeah. And hearing that voice, like, okay, it's cool. He actually got the original voice actor to do this role. Yes. There's no other one who can do this. Couldn't he have done jazz, too? <laughs> yeah. Not jazz. Uh, Ironhide, Iron, too. Ironhide. Ironhide was in there, too. Yeah. Um, but he, he did a phenomenal job, like usual. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's it's going to be a debt. It's going to be a sad day when Peter Cullen no longer does. Yeah. And... You know, kind of tying into where, you know, there are other medias that tie in because Peter Cullen, there again, he reprised his role as Optimus Prime for Transformers Prime. Yeah. Which was a phenomenal series. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, Frank Welker also reprised his role as Megatron mm-hmm. for that series. And I just ate it up. I love that. Imagine you did. I ate it up. And apparently there is a movie. Hmm. And so we will be reviewing a once Transformers Prime movie once you find it. Oh, it's not hard to find. It's okay. easy. So um, you brought up uh, Beast Wars. Yes, earlier. love Beast Wars. I just, I don't know how much you remember of it, but near the end of it, there was that part where they went trans metal. Oh yeah, season and, two, right? Because and they find the Ark from Cybertron. Yeah, very end of season all, two. This is all at the beginning. And they find Optimus Prime. Yes. And keep in mind, this is all created in poor 90s CG, television yeah. CG, which looks, you know, nowadays looks like hot garbage, but it's a thousand oh, for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Between that and Reboot, but because it's made by the same company. Yes, it was. But um, they, at one point, they had to model the inside of the arc. Optimus Prime's Oh, yes. Yeah, it was just yeah. Optimus Primal. Had to get wasn't the Matrix the leadership? Had to pull it was, a spark. Had, had to pull a spark for so he could become op, uh, o- optimal optimus. Optimal optimus. Anyway, <laughs> you can actually see the compartment for the Matrix of leadership. Yeah, in that scene, they actually went to that much trouble. Oh yeah, there, which was cool. Oh yeah, time, I didn't know what it was, but I remember looking, going, "Okay, that is how you do fan service." Uh-huh. You are very. You pay attention to where what was on screen for two seconds. Uh huh. You actually bothered to go back and recreate so it looks correct. Yes. Despite the fact you're going to turn Optimus Prime, Primal, Optimal Optimus into this giant gold thing <laughs> and monkey plane, monkey plane <laughs> thing. <laughs> the the Beast Wars line got really bad near the end. It got really <laughs> weird. It did. Yeah. It really got weird. But it was so good. I have all three seasons on oh, DVD. Yes. I love it. Not to get too far off topic on this, I still my favorite character from that is still I can't remember the character's name, but he's the uh, Insecticon. Not Insecticons. In that one was it? Uh, hold on. 
It's Maximals and Predacons. Predacons. It's the Predacon uh, f- uh, Fire Ants one. Oh, uh, I can't think of his name. Uh, um, but always throughout the thing, calling uh, Megatron. Megatron, my queen. <laughs> it's like, will you stop calling me that? But you're ruler, and the ruler of it is the queen. It's like I'm surrounded by idiots. <laughs> well, yes. And Megatron in that the show only is pers- the only person. The only person in that group that had any brains was Scorponok. Yeah, and he, not the Scorponok, uh, the Tarantula. Um, oh, uh, Tarantulas. Tarantulas. This is the only kid guy with, a, with any brain in the, in the Predacons camp at that point. Uh, and that's because yeah. he left. <laughs> yeah, he he was, he was his own character for a long yeah, time. Yeah, he, he did. Well, that and uh, tarantula. I mean, not tarantulas, but red arachnia, uh, red arachnia, yeah, black arachnia, black arachnia, yeah, black arachnia. Yes, love that character too. Yes, I do. Anyway, Silverbolt. I love Silverbolt. <laughs> yes, <laughs> such a weird character. Uh, what's what was his the actor's name he voiced him? Um, anyway, we need to get back to we do we do stop, stop, stop chasing you know monkey robots. Go back to yes. car robots. <laughs> exactly. Uh, let's see who what characters have we not touched on? Um, oh, let's uh, let's talk about Hot Rod. Oh yeah, the 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 new the new Optimus. prime the, the new, new prime. prime yes yeah. Can I say that his Rodimus form makes no sense to me whatsoever? Oh, I agree. I completely agree. I know they had they were trying to do the whole uh, big rig hot rod combo thing. It, just, it didn't work. No, it didn't. It was so odd. Yes, it was very and, odd. And I'm sorry if you can't tell he's going to be the. The, the guy who can use the Matrix leadership at the yep. end, when he catches it, holds it aloft, and the anime um, Starburst shows up and like, ah! like, and he oh, passes he, it off. He passes it off like, oh, Robert Stack over here is going to be the one who's able to do it. But no. <laughs> no, he's obvious it's going to be Rodimus. <laughs> Otherwise, Rod. why would he have shown that in the beginning? Yeah. Well, I was watching the... I was watching a commentary of the mm-hmm. movie. Obviously, I was listening to your commentary or watching the film. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, they made a really good point of, basically, it's Hot Rod trying to redeem himself for what, making his mistake, which got Optimus Prime killed. Yeah. And so, what they said, which makes a whole lot of sense because of how Rodimus, Rodimus Hot Rod is trying to redeem himself throughout this entire movie. Because mm-hmm. he feels he has to. Yeah, and he goes from someone who wasn't really much of a leader to someone who was a leader, yeah, or is a leader, and it's very much a story about him. Even though we really wanted to be about Optimus Prime, yeah, it was his story. And then, of course, they had to introduce the character that was obviously the next Optimus Prime, uh, Ultra Magnus. Magnus. <laughs> it's like, okay, you're obviously a recolor. Of the Optimus Prime robot, yeah, <laughs> which is what he was in the toy line. That's all he. Re- that's all the character was. Uh, kind of, he's kind of like slight he's, mold differences, but yeah, it's, slight it's, mold difference. It's still mostly a color difference. Yeah, what far as I understand, what uh, Ultra Magnus was was he was a uh, a truck hauler. Yeah, he, he was a car hauler. That's all he was. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Be like Robert Stagg did an amazing job. His you yeah. know his character because. It's Robert Stagg's voice. Be like, yeah, he, he fit, the char- the voice fit the character very well. It's just it's the most boring character on screen the entire movie. Yeah, that's true. But his death was kind of interesting. 
a short death. Yeah, he gets blown apart. And I'm sitting there watching that going, okay, they can completely rebuild Ultra Magnus. Yes. But you can't save Optimus? Yeah. What? <laughs> According to the commentary, these people were, they were expect you know, yeah. they were talking about it. It's like the same thing. It's like, it's like, yeah, they could just put it back together, but apparently Rodimus' spark being like, uh, Optimus Spark can win out. But I have a blown apart. He's Spark doesn't yes. replenish. Huh? Unless uh, Optimus, when he took the Matrix of Leadership out of his chest, disconnected the battery. <laughs> That'd it's be like, like, oh, I'm going great. Yeah. Well, they did that at least to show, here's the character obviously dead now. Yeah. Like, He's not coming back. Why no. does paint work like that in yeah. this universe? <laughs> And why is nobody else go gray when they die? Yeah. They just go, oh, no. It's like, never. Boom. Yeah, they just just get (laughs) slacked. Yes. But no, Optimus Prime turns gray. Yeah. More more dramatic effects. Yeah, I I get that. But still, it's like, continuity, what's that? (laughs) We don't know about that. Character design? Huh? Okay. Cup. Yes. Cup. The old coot. Yeah. The old codger who has all the war stories that the Dinobots are in love with. Yes. Um, he's a fun character to listen he to. Is. But at the same time, it's like, shut up. <laughs> I like you. But you don't need to talk every yeah. scene you're in. Yeah. Just be quiet, dude. It's like, for two seconds. You have to quip. You have to make that much of a backhanded comment every time someone's Hot Rod says something. It's like, uh. Hot Rod just gets back, get, uh, puts him back together. Says, "Oh, I knew you'd mess up Hart. No, I didn't. Oh, you did a good job anyway. Yeah, it's pretty good. Like, well, did he do a good job or did he mess up Hart? What are you trying to say, Cup? <laughs> what are you trying to say?" <laughs> uh, there's there's one line I just saw that uh, it's where Cup had just saved uh, Hot Rod and Daniel, and uh, what was it? Hey, not bad for an old timer. Old timer. That's something you'll never be if we don't get back to the city. <laughs> be like, yeah, he's he got all these great little one-liners. Yeah. Again, this movie has so many great lines. It's great, a lot of great one-liners. Unfortunately, those one-liners aren't exactly what I would call great dialogue. Yeah, that's true. Um, honestly, if I had to give a criticism to the movie as a whole, yeah. there is no downtime for breathing. There's no motivation for any characters other than, we're the heroes and we're the bad guys. I recognize that's what the show was. Yeah. But to some degree, it's like, um, can one of y'all have a decent motivation? Please? Yeah. <laughs> can somebody? <laughs> Minus, we have to destroy the Matrix. <laughs> yes. We, have to, we must destroy the Matrix of leadership. I, I don't know. No. But I'll blow up and just be ahead <laughs> orbiting Cybertron <laughs> if we don't. Uh. Also, sound effects inside, um, Unicron. They've been any goofier. <laughs> That's true. I'm mostly thinking of the, the every time they saw you see the big chomper thing and you hear It's the it's the eighties. Not the sound that would make. <laughs> oh, it's That's cartoon. the sound a human makes when they chomp food if you're <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Anyway, 
I know it's the mouth, but still. <laughs> oh, gosh. Hold on. Uh, so, we've got our big hitters. Let's go into our little, little bit of our smaller characters. Okay. Like Springer. The helicopter who technically disobeyed Rodimus. Yeah. Because <laughs> he didn't roll out at the end of the movie. No, he, he flew. flew. <laughs> what, one, of my, one of my favorite lines with Springer is, you know, he's a soldier. You know, the... the 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 all American soldier, as you as you might put it, is like is when the uh, Autobot city is under siege and uh, they're trying to push this massive cannon into a, a hole where they can shoot it. And Springer comes to be like, "I've got better things to do than die tonight." Yes, <laughs> and just be, I love that line. And plus, he's a triple changer. He just he changed from mm-hmm. one mode to another and back to a robot. Yeah, because I think it's the first time it's ever been shown in the TV show or any kind of continuity, mm-hmm. and it's first shown in the movie. Yeah, and I like that. There's, I just like the character. I like the character. Uh, kind of going into another character, RC. Yeah, RC. She's the first female Transformer, mm-hmm. and I think she's the only one for the longest for time. A long time, I think so. Yeah. And I remember correctly, I think she makes a very small appearance in one of the Bay films for a brief yes. moment, and then she, and she gets, gets slagged. Gets slagged very quickly. Yes, I'm not surprised that many Transformers fans were very cheesed off about that. If they already weren't mad at that movie series in the first place, yes. Uh, the one thing with RC is she was she was the love interest for our our main character of Hot Rod. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very obvious. Yeah, very, very obvious. She's the love interest, and they're they're all over each other. And kind of, kind of a side note, going back to uh, Hot Rod, why is he pink? That depends <laughs> on which version of the movie you're watching. Yes, I I, I understand that because because uh, there was some. I think there was a mix up in the. Uh, it actually depends on some of the scenes. It's a mix up in what color the toy was supposed to be. I yeah. Think. Well, the toy was red. Yeah. Was was a hot red. But Plus, if you're watching the... It didn't actually throw me off when I saw the pink version this time. Yeah. Because he's not pink in the version I saw. Okay. The DVD has... The transfer that the 20th anniversary DVD is, yeah. is, is from the VHS. Yeah. Which is noticeably lighter. Yeah. In color. If you remember when we watched the 30th anniversary version at the theater... Yeah. He's not pink. He's is more of a red. He's not... Red, red. He's yeah, more of a light red, but he's not pink. Yeah, he's not anymore. pink like in the twentieth edition. Yeah, because he is pink. <laughs> yeah, because there was some fading in the uh, in the in the image. Yeah, VHS is very well, is very bad about um, over. Not, it's not overexposing, but it's essentially kind of an overexposure of the what the image is supposed to be. Your colors are a lot lighter in VHS than right. they're supposed to be. Usually, usually because of the magnet magnetic, and most of your DVDs, if it will. Was pull the uh, transfers to those were transferred from the VHS masters. Very if true. you did not know that, yeah, it's Blu-rays good. for the most part, since they were 1080p. A lot of times they did go back to the film masters and remaster it, which is why your colors are usually better on Blu-rays than they are on DVDs. Yes, yes, I thought that was a fun fact. Yeah. Uh, so let's keep going with our characters. Uh, obviously, we talked about Blur a little bit. Yes, he talks like this. He's got to get the data bus up the ramp, but they won't move, 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 move. Of course, I do that. I always do it that way. Da, 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 da. 
Yeah, blur is. I think it's wrong. I'm talking this fast as I can't. Is my is my it, it, it works faster than my mouth works faster than my brain. I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know how the micro machines guy did it. <laughs> Who knows, right? Who knows? All right. So perceptor. It doesn't say micro machines. It's not the real thing. Okay, perceptor. <laughs> perceptor. <laughs> perceptor is our perceptor is the is the equivalent of sound wave. That's yes. Right. Yes. Um, he's the other. Uh, Tape player. Yeah, he's the, he's the other the tape other player. Yeah. Which I have a question about the toys, because I never had the toys, but I kind of always wondered this. Yeah. Could those toys actually play tapes? Uh, no, they couldn't. Which is sad. Which I agree. Oddly enough. Because honestly, you look at the way both uh, Soundwave and Perceptor transform. Yeah. The casing where the, where the uh, tape would go. Yeah. Doesn't change. You could easily put that compartment in there and have everything change around it. That's true. Yeah. But anyway, oddly enough, with the toys, because like when like Perceptor or Soundwave would eject one of his mm-hmm. sets, uh, be like you'd see multiple of them come out. Yeah, right. Well, like, with the toy, um, you can only put one. Yeah, and that was it. That's all you could do. Yeah. Now, kind of a tangent because again, the physics are a thing in our world, which apparently they're not in Transformers. That is true. Kind of going a tangent. Uh, there again, you know, talking about Perceptor, talking about Soundwave, mm-hmm. which everybody loves Soundwave. Everybody yeah. loves Soundwave. Why uh, would you not like someone who talks like this the whole time? Um, yep. I'll what? save you, Megatron, <laughs> and then not vote to keep you <laughs> on board once we're on Astrotrain. <laughs> yes, I was, I was, that threw me for a loop. I was like, wait, what? Soundwave beyond. Be like, should still function. Wanna bet? <laughs> yeah. It's like, bye, Megatron. <laughs> I must survive. <laughs> I'll come back for you next season <laughs> when I when I'm not being watched by Starscream. <laughs> One of his cassettes. here is my uh play, my bird tape to keep you company <laughs> that you like so much. <laughs> Laser beak. Laser beak. Yes. Uh. One one of my favorites of his cassettes was uh, Laserbeak uh, Prowl, not Prowl, but uh, I don't know the, those characters. The cat. <laughs> oh, the only character he's named he says of those is Laserbeak. Yeah, like, I, Laserbeak, my favorite pet. At least you know how to get a job done. <laughs> Unlike some <laughs> people. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean, Megatron? We've got to capture the Autobots moon base. <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> Who dared to stop my coronation? One of my favorite characters from Soundwave's uh, uh, mini-cons, you might call them, yeah. was Rabbit. It's long before mini-cons. Yeah, long before mini-cons. Uh, Which mini-cons is turning Transformers into Pokemon. <laughs> Apparently. Apparently. You had Transformers Rabbit. gotta catch them all. <laughs> Uh, Ravage was probably one of my favorites because he was a cat. You had, se- you had, uh, a- wait a minute. What? You, the dog, likes the cat. Yes. Transformer. Yes. Who are you and what have you done with Jacob? <laughs> well, I don't know, Reggie. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> the, the reason I bring Ravage up, can you guess where I'm going with this? No. Beast Wars. Season two. Was there a Ravage in season yeah, two? Yeah, Ravage makes the guest appearance. Okay. Yeah, he. Apparently... The Dinobots never do. I don't think. No, they don't. Which is sad. Yeah, that's true. They're the goofballs of the bunch. 
Me so, Grimlock yeah. say, poo on you. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, Ravage makes an appearance in Beast Wars. Mm-hmm. He he comes back. Apparently, he got reformatted, and he still got. He looks like a transformer with a cat head. And apparently, okay. he's apparently he sent back in time by the council to capture Megatron. And it's like, ooh, you have this golden disc, and like, ooh, it says something from the original Megatron. I'm in! <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I just thought that was a neat little tie-in with another favorite mm-hmm. uh, Transformer series of mine. Yes. Anyways. Oh, gosh, the tangents. The tangents! Alright, so... Um, I think I think we're done with, you know, kind of breaking down our characters. Well, there's the, there's one or two other side characters that were only on screen for a little bit we do need to talk about. Yeah. Like, uh, Rekgar. We didn't get into him earlier. Oh, yeah. Or, I was played by Eric Idle of Monty Python fame. Yeah, I literally had to look that up because yeah. I had no idea who that was. Which is weird because you actually watch it, half the time he speaks and never moves his mouth. Yeah, that's true. It's like, is this where the animation had to cut its budget severely? <laughs> really anything with the Junkions, I felt they, they were they were skipping yeah. on on stuff. Uh, I was except, I, except Dare to be Stupid. I always felt they were always be like they talked at like some kind of like like voice box or something like that. Yes, but except they could easily say "ba wop me wa" and "nini bomb." Yeah, about sure. three or four times. Like, oh yes, we speak TV. Don't you speak TV? Uh, money back guarantee or your money back. That's not correct. But anyway, yeah. Anyways, and of course we had the Dinobots. <laughs> me Grimlock like uh, say we on our way. <laughs> <laughs> me Grimlock smash. <laughs> Because apparently, there again, there's animation error in this movie. Well, there's lots obviously. of animation yeah, errors in this obviously. movie. So, a lot of it de- uh, dealing on the Sharktacon planets of all places. That's true. Uh, as anybody who is a fan of Transformers, uh, you would notice that there's supposed to be five Dinobots. And half there's, the time, there's only four. There's only four. So the Stegosaurus is only seen in one scene. Mm-hmm. It's one, near the beginning. Yeah, it's near the beginning. Which makes me think, oh, they left the Stegosaurus on Earth. Yeah. Poor little Stegosaurus, whose name I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, they left a lot of characters behind. <laughs> well, yeah. I would assume, though, in the third season, they would end up going back to Earth and rebuilding Autobot City. Yeah. Because you've got to sell that place set. Yeah, and it turns out Autobot City wasn't Autobot City. Apparently, it was another Transformer. Of course it was. Yeah. Cybertron, I'm half surprised, didn't turn into, some, turn into another robot. Oh, it does. <laughs> It's another. It's another it's planet. Like, like I said, Earth is severely minor. Humans are a severe minority in this universe. Yeah, because they can't even. The planets can't even just be planets in this yeah. own, in the universe. Oh, what was it? Hold on, I'm thinking about with uh, going back to another series. Uh, apparently, in Transformers Prime, mm-hmm. the Earth. Is Unicron? Yeah, that's what they were, at, and, the, and uh, that's where the Michael Bay movie went on the one before Bumblebee. Really? Yeah. You, at the very end, if you were twisted enough to stay for the whole thing, which by that point I was like, I just sat through the dumbest movie with Mark Wahlberg in it I've ever seen. Sure, let's see where it goes from here. <laughs> and at the very end, there's a, a scene during the as an after credit scene, I think, yeah. where. They're all they're out in the desert somewhere, and this uh, you remember the holographic Decepticons from I think movie three. 
I haven't seen three yet. The, the humanoid ones? I think so, yeah. One of them is apparently the guardian of Unicron. And at one point, you, you see her out in the sensor, you see the big Unicron tusks going up into the air. It's like, oh, Earth is Unicron. Yep. Why? <laughs> apparently there's a big story within the... The what was wrong? What was wrong with him just being Galactus? <laughs> yeah, Why they, they got to make things complicated. Let's just say that. Yeah. At least there was a, a there was a Cartoon Network Transformers show, and I can't remember which one it is. It's probably Prime since we brought it up so many times. Uh, no, that actually came on a uh, uh, what was it? Uh, the Hub. That came okay. on the Hub. Well, there was one sometime after that that was on uh, Transformers Network. animated. Transformers animated. Yeah, the animated. Yeah. That had a young girl on there that was a transformer, but had a holographic humanoid form. Oh, okay. The main humanoid character, the, the Spike Wick Wiki of that show. Oh, okay. Now she we, was actually a transformer. Okay, I might be wrong. So I think it's Transformers animated. That sounds familiar because I remember okay. being a stupid name that like most Transformers movies are. Transformers <laughs> names are. Yeah, that's true. But Prime was the one that made sense. I was like, oh, well, at least Prime, Prime, Optimus, yay. Yeah. Anyways, now, I think that kind of wraps up our discussion of the movie. I think it does, too. And really, it needs to. We've been going at this for a while. Yeah. So, uh, would you say that this is a family-friendly movie? Yes. I would say it's a very friendly movie. Despite all the violent robot destruction. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it, it'd be one of those films would be like, definitely if you were a kid back in the 80s, you probably took for a shock. Nowadays, it'd be like, oh, okay, that was cool. Kind of moments. Yeah. There is a part of you that's watching this as your inner 12-year-old. Yes. The entire time. Yes. Um, I also say it's 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 a good family-friendly movie. Um, it's fun. Kids are love it. If anything, adults who don't understand Transformers may not be able to stand it. Yeah. But as, as a nerd from that time period, I don't care. Yeah. So, so definitely if you... Have never watched any of the Transformers media, never watched any of the Bay mm-hmm. films. Going and watching this film, you're going to be very, 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 very confused. Yeah, but at the same time, it is a plot line I think most people can follow. That you is true. don't have to watch the first two seasons of the cartoon to follow true. it, because That's it is true. in the distant year of 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's... It's a fun movie. Yeah. I, 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 I suggest agree. giving it a watch, even if you're just curious. Yeah. Uh, Rating-wise, I would actually give it a 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10. Okay. Yeah, they sound like I'm rating it low, but keep in mind, I grade on the same type of scale that our public school systems use, so 7 is passing. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's not, I say, top... It, it's not something I would say as an animation person outside of a historical perspective yeah. is that important. And yeah. from a historical perspective it's very important. It's one of the it's it's one of the first movies from a Saturday morning cartoon that was ever that was yeah. You know, it's a major it's a mainstay in the culture. Yes. But is. at the same time if you're wanting to talk about what did this push, what did this do, what isn't so important about this thing? can't say there's much that's important, and there's so many, like we said, some animation errors. Yeah. There's weird slowdown points. Mm-hmm. There's a scene, there's a frame that is completely out of place in one <laughs> scene. Yeah. If you're, pay, 
they fixed it on the 30th anniversary version, but it's there. <laughs> I remember seeing it when I watched the 20th. It's it's not great. Yeah. But it's not bad. No, it's just of not. okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's fun. If you if you want if you need a good dose of 80s awesome epicness, go watch this movie. Yeah. I'll completely agree with your your vote. I would definitely rank it at like a 7, mm-hmm. a good solid 7. You know, they're going to be like it's not terrible, but it's not the best of all time. Right. It like you said, be like it has a ton of animation errors, continuity, um general physics. <laughs> yes. It's completely dismissed in this film, but they are again it's animation, so we can give it a pass on that. Mm-hmm. But for someone who grew up watching the original Transformers as or as the the nerd culture will probably know it as G1. Yes. You know, a kid who grew up one. Gen 1 or G1, whichever. I'm used to saying Gen, but moving okay. on. Gen, Gen, G. DJ not, not Gem. Gem, yeah. Gem may be truly, truly, truly outrageous, <laughs> but that's not what this we're talking about. No, that's the movie we're reviewing. And thankfully they never made a movie out of that. They did. Not animated-wise. They made a live-action I know. Movie. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> we should not speak of that. Uh, yes, I would give it a solid 7. It's an enjoyable film. It it warms my nostalgia heart every time I watch it. Uh, in reviewing this film and seeing all the animation errors mm-hmm. and all the, wow, incredible animation. This looks like it was drawn by a four-year-old. Moments. Yes. Kind of, it, it 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 kind of made my nostalgic heart weep a little bit. Yeah, in doing it, but I still enjoy the film. Right. And I, I will probably watch the film again. Oh, yeah. at, at some point. It, but. It, it with this movie, this is one of those movies for me that I have to be very careful when I say this because, from an objective point of view, the movie has issues. Yes, but from a person who was a, a male, as a male who used to be twelve years old. And loved shows like this. Yeah. I can't look at it and I go, this is amazing, this is fun, this is awesome, it's cool, yay! <laughs> it, it's just so much fun. It is. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I did think of something based, you know, talked earlier when we were talking about uh, that other movie before we started the review. You, yeah. uh, I can't remember which one it was, but we talked about how if you have epileptic seizures, be very careful. Oh, Yeah. This movie is made before the uh, the concept of epileptic seizures was taken into account. Yes, I and agree. there's a lot of scenes, especially at the beginning, where it's like, "Hmm, I don't suffer from epilepsy, but I feel one coming on." <laughs> yes, I agree. Definitely, when we get inside Unicron, yes, there, there are a lot, lot of flashing, flashing lights, <laughs> and it's like this is almost as bad as Incredibles too. But then yeah. flashing yes. lights. So anyway, anyway, I did want, I did want to. Put that as a disclaimer if you do have that issue. Yes. That this, there are a lot of bad, there's a lot of bad flashing lights in this yeah. movie. Yeah. So. Alright. So. We've reached the end of another episode and we need to discuss what our next movie is. Yes. Now, if you remember, mm-hmm. at the end of Anastasia, we had to deal with the fact that uh, one of our movies, actually two of our movies, had a... Uh, been on the list a touch too long, and so we had to expand some movies into place. Well, we didn't choose movie two, and we expanded it. So now movie six is growing, 
to fill number three spot as well. Okay. So, going over the list. Go for it. Number one and number two are Batman Return of the Caped Crusaders. Mm-hmm. Number three and number six is The Girl Who Leapt Through Time. Number four is Big Hero 6. Mm-hmm. And number five is Digimon the, the Movie. movie. Alright. So, once again, this was Jacob's pick, which means I get to roll. Not that that's been of any help to me since we started this, as we've only done one of my movies. Alright. So, let's roll. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Yes, we finally got Batman Return of the Caped Crusaders. So, that will be our next episode. Have, you, wait. have you seen it? No, I haven't. Can't you wait to see it. It is a very fun movie, especially if you liked the 1966 Adam West Batman show. Ah, okay. If you didn't like those, well, please open your mind and take this with with a grain of salt. If you don't like that stuff, keep it in mind. Batman can be a lot of things. Whether we whether uh, it's the super serious stuff we grew up with, or the campiness of yesteryear, it's all Batman. If you can't accept the good, the the campy with the serious, then honestly, can you really call yourself a fan? But that's just my opinion. Yeah. Uh, we'll be talking about that next week. So uh, I guess we just need to talk. do our sign out here. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, where you can find me, uh, I'm, my name is, uh, you can find me on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. And you can also find me on Letterboxd under GGeorge759. I just put lists and uh, reviews up there. One of these days I'll actually remember to update it. Uh, where can they find you, Jacob? Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. And also you can find me on Facebook at Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where I try, in quotes, try to draw every day. All right. And you can email us at thecellcast at gmail.com. Also, you can look for our Facebook group. Search for The Cellcast. It is a closed group, so please remember to uh, just ask to join. We'll probably let you in. Uh, keep in mind, every time we say the cell cast, that is with a single L, not two. So uh, I guess that's all we've got today. Uh, mm-hmm. This has been Drew. This is Jacob. And we'll see you in the next frame. Oh, great. It's those meddling kids. One shall stand, one shall fall. Why throw away your life so recklessly? That's the rest you should answer yourself, Dr. Claw. I'll get you next time. Like, I don't think so. Let's go, Scooby. <laughs> I shall destroy you as Megatron once destroyed Prime. Wait, wait. I think we're in the wrong movie. Wait, are you sure? I don't know. Reggie, where are we? I don't know. I think this joke has gone on long enough. <laughs> Next time. Braille, monster! No, wait. Robot, robot! Next time on. Catwoman, consider the consequences of your actions. You know a tiger cat changes stripes, Batman. Please, by all this decent, I beg of you. I'll give myself up on one condition. 
What's that? We run away to Europe together, sip tea in a cafe, and live happily ever after. Holy unsatisfying ending. <laughs>